Well, I got to be honest, we started the show yesterday with the report that Zalance Heard was about to commit to Tennessee. It hasn't officially happened just yet, but the thoughts on that don't change. Zalance Heard going to go be a Tennessee Vol next year and maybe start. I thought that was kind of the end of our transfer portal discussions, at least for this portal cycle, but no, 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 no. OU's not done just yet. Bill Biedenboe is still out there taking some swings. And he's taken at least one swing on a Washington offensive lineman, Garen Hatchets. Uh, who what? OU was a runner-up for Garen Hatchets in the uh, recruiting cycle, correct? correct? Yeah. Yes. Class of 2020, blue chipper. He's got two years of eligibility left. Would be a great addition if Oklahoma can reel him in. Six foot four, three oh three. He played in the first eight games last year for Washington. Missed the uh, the final what four, three, four, uh, four regular season games due to injury. Um, started at right guard in uh, one of those games. So he rolled into the season as a starter for Washington. He had an injury that kind of derailed the back half of his season. So. I'm going to guess OU believes that he's going to return to being healthy enough to play for the upcoming season. So you've got an experienced offensive lineman for a team that played a national championship last year. I don't know what the initial thought is from everyone on this one, but it feels like it checks out if the injury's okay. Yeah, it does check out. I mean, this is at this, especially at this point in the cycle, Tyler, this is about as good as you could do. In the portal, bringing in a guy that was a starter and a meaningful contributor for a program that just played for a national title a week and a half ago, yeah. I mean, I you don't have to you don't have to love the potential addition of Garen Hatchett. I mean, I imagine there are folks that are still hand wringing over what Oklahoma wouldn't do in order to land the Lance Hurd. But all in all, man, you could do far far worse than a guy that is a multi-year starter at the Power 5 level and plays for one of the best programs in the country. Yeah, and, and what's a good way to say it? Like, Garen Hatchett, does he totally change my opinion of OU's offensive line next year? No. No, I, I don't think it goes from what we believe it is now to a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. But is it a solid addition, a, a proven add, if nothing more than just depth and on a two-deep? And a guy that maybe you can trust as an interior offensive lineman? Yeah, like maybe a guy that can start next year. Sure. It doesn't change my entire opinion all of a sudden about the offensive line, but if they get the ad, I think that's where it's at. It's a it's a good ad that could potentially start for you and play in a lot of games next year. That's just kind of that's kind of my uh, initial thoughts on it without digging uh, too deep in the film of this guy. Yeah, and if you if you add Garen Hatchett, it removes the pressure from every single one of your previous transfer portal additions. Fibetsi Nwawu, Michael Tarquin, Spencer Brown, et al. It, it removes the pressure from every single one of those individual guys to be a dude next year at OU. You know, like, for instance, if Fibetsi Nwawu cements himself as one of your starting guards and the other one is expected to be Michael Tarquin, but... Tarquin doesn't have a great fall camp next year. Well, guess what? You slide Garen Hatchett on in there, and you've got your answer. Similarly, if Spencer Brown doesn't pan out, doesn't look as advertised, well, slide Garen Hatchett in at one of the guards, maybe kick a guy like Heath Ozida out there to tackle. And you're right. The more options you have, the less you have to rely on one singular player to right. live up to the billing or else. 
Blue and Green Country says Washington offensive line only gave up three sacks in the regular season going into the college football playoff. Is uh, that right? Yeah, that's Dang. Play. Now, I, I mean, Michael Penix could move around a little bit, but that wasn't Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray running around out there. Just three sacks the entire season? Dang. That is nice. monumentally impressive. I, that's a good stat, Blue. I did not know that one. Now, Jeff from OKC wants to know, what are the chances we could get both Hatchet brothers? Obviously, Garen has a younger brother, Landon. Jeff says that's a shirt that we could make with the Hatchet Brothers. Yes, <laughs> yes. he is. Landon was a former four-star recruit in the class of 2023 that Oklahoma pursued. Uh, he was kind of always going to follow his brother to UW, though, and that's what he did. Now, I do know that they aren't necessarily a package deal in the portal. And I know that Oklahoma has had more substantial interest to this point in Garen than in Landon for obvious reasons, right? More experience. Um, But, yes, Jeff, there is a chance. Is it something you count on? No. And that's not just because the Sooners have seemingly prioritized one brother over the other right now. It's also because, man, you really got to... You really got to fight to make the numbers work at that point. And you worry about chasing somebody off if you bring sure. in two, right? You can probably keep your entire offensive line room together if you just bring in one more guy at this point. But you bring in two, somebody's bouncing. I don't know who it is. And maybe it's maybe it's by choice. Maybe you have to process somebody because of the numbers at that point. But regardless, you're probably going to lose an offensive lineman or two. And I think when you look at that offensive line room, who do you kick to the curb? There's not, like, a logical candidate. You know, there's not a, some guy that's been languishing on the third team for several years that you know you will always be able to do without, right? There is there is no Bray Walker on the roster right now. At <laughs> it's always got to be Bray Walker. Sorry if you're listening, Bray. That was, that was Parker that said that, not me. No, I, I found this interesting because, yeah, again, if you're just, you know, getting up to speed with who OU is now targeting in the portal, Garen Hatchett, played at Washington, He's got a little brother, Landon uh, Hatchets. They were both at UW last year. Yep. And this was just ESPN's rankings. I haven't checked Rivals or 24-7 or whoever else has player rankings currently in the portal. The, uh, ESPN has Landon, the little brother, ranked as the number eight player available in the portal right now. The number eight player that's out there. So they actually have the little brother ranked higher than the older brother, Garen. Now, maybe it's fair to say that... Landon has the higher ceiling than Garen does. Maybe he can be a you know a, a better player in the future than what Garen's going to be. But Garen's got the experience right now, and it sounds like that's what OU is really valuing at this point as they make their transition to the SEC. But I do like the idea if you can make the numbers work, because you can kind of have the best of both worlds, right? If you're able to get Garen with the experience and Landon who has the upside there, I mean, that's yeah. clearly the dream scenario at this point. You have so many young offensive linemen at that point because right now, heading into the 2024 season, Oklahoma's going to have eight guys, and I believe in total they have 14 scholarship offensive linemen at the moment, 13 or 14, something like that. Eight of those guys, as things stand right now, have all four years of eligibility left. You had Landon Hatchett, that's nine. Well, no, I guess Landon Hatchett didn't redshirt as a freshman at Washington, but still, three years of eligibility left, and at that point, you throw in Jake Taylor, you have nine guys on your roster right now that have three or more years of eligibility left. Landon would make ten. Yeah. 
And did Washington win the Joe Moore Award this past year? Yes. Jeez. I mean, look at those guys out there uh, in Seattle having a really good year up front on the uh, on the offensive line and. Saw what they did to Texas, and of course throughout the Pac-12 schedule as well. They were uh, they were a good football team for sure. Four eight zero from uh, Arizona. Love it if we can get him, but we need an offensive tackle as well. Jason from Miami says he's not from Bama or Georgia, so he must be trash. With a couple of laughing facing uh, uh, laughing face emojis there. Jason is obviously kidding about that, but that is the perception at times. Like depending on what school you're coming from initially is the thought of what you might be getting in the transfer portal. Can we st- can we collectively agree to stop, and I know we can't, but this is me pleading, can we please stop judging transfers based on their previous school? Can we please stop assuming the five-star who's never done anything in his career at, like, Texas A&M or Florida – because he was a five-star and because he was at Texas A&M and or Florida, is automatically a better option than the multi-year G5 starter? We can call that the uh, – who was the wide receiver last year? I think he was a wide receiver. Transferred from Alabama to Texas, and he got kicked off the team, I think, before the season Ajay started. Ajay Hall. Uh, the, the Ajay Hall experience. How about – you want to call it that? The effect. The <laughs> Ajay, Ajay Hall, Hall effect. effect. Yeah, yes. how about that? Sounds even better. That's how we'll reference it from now on. Ajay Hall. Because there are a lot of people excited about that one a year ago. I wonder what he's up to these days. I don't know. 918 Transfer Brothers from the Washington area. PTSD from the Groves Brothers Disastros. Man. First Bray Walker. Now the Groves Brothers. Text line is out for uh, text line is out today. Text line is out. 405-651-3439. Keep them coming on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Baseball Ross says Bama Portal List. With some bonus all-name team candidates. Yeah, I um, I took a screenshot of that today, Baseball Ross, to kind of go down the list of all the players that Bama has lost to the transfer portal already. And we'll get to today's bad Bama news coming up next segment because, well, once again today it's not great. But a little bit of a sneak preview. Alabama has lost, and these are like what they were formerly ranked, four five-stars. Nine four stars and nine three stars so far to the transfer portal. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! And the loss they had today is uh, is, is probably going to hurt. So how are we? Like it goes back to the old line, right? I guess it's kind of a new line, seeing as the transfer portal's not that old. But hey, it's not bad anymore to finish second in the recruitment. You finish second in the recruitment, you're going to have another chance, more than likely. Case in point, Garen, Garen Hatchet. You finish second here. So is it believed at this point that OU is the leader at this time? And how imminent could, it, could a decision be from, from this dude? Well, again, OU was his runner-up. OU is going to be his first visit. The school semester has already started, so he's kind of under the gun to find a new destination. And we know, based on experience, right, that the first school to get a visit – from a portal player is usually not always, but usually the school that is best positioned. I mean, you think about it, Tyler, if Garen Hatchett visits, Oh, well, he's visiting today, but he's in Norman today. Let's say he likes what he sees and he's content. He could enroll and be in classes by Monday. 
Let's do it. Like, it, Come on. It, this could all be taken care of very, very quickly. And because that is such an efficient solution, such a uh, an expedient solution to this predicament, if you will, I would have to think it has a lot of appeal for Garen Hatchett. Well, just uh, just just make it happen this weekend, Bill, and make Garen call his brother Landon and say, "Let's go." The hatchet room at uh, <laughs> the ha- the hatchet room across from the across from the stadium, Headington Hall. They'll just room together. It'll be great. Two offensive lineman ads over the weekend. Ferris Make from Hong Kong says, "To your point, Parker, another radio host said, oh, you ain't winning any SEC championships getting portal guys from Miami of Ohio.' Of course, he didn't even know who the player was. Ah, yeah, nice. and like it's just, it is the most. I'm trying not to use a word that is too severe." or too degrading. But it is an incredibly short-sighted way of evaluating evaluating portal additions because guess what? Cam Ward was one of the most highly coveted prospects in the entire transfer portal at the quarterback position this offseason. He started his collegiate career at the University of the Incarnate Word. Jared Verse, he's going to be a first-round draft pick in April. He started his collegiate career at the University of Albany. Oklahoma State got the better of OU this past year in Stillwater. One of the guys that they leaned on via the transfer portal, one of their major additions, was a guy that came from a Division three school uh, in Oregon. I thought you were going to throw shade at Texas Tech. They, they, uh, they, they got lit up by a quarterback who originally came from Texas Tech, of all places. I mean, that too. That would have been great. I would have loved that. But yeah, I, it's, there, there's examples of it, no doubt. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's go. We'll get to your text coming up next. Bad news, more bad news for Alabama. We'll share that. And we'll look into this junior day coming up in eight days as well, right here on The Ref. Locked in on a Friday. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and you, The Ref Army, as well, listening nationwide via the free KREF app. Boynton, Virginia is tuned in today. San Jose, California. Independence, Missouri. Columbus, Nebraska. Marietta, Georgia. Small Oklahoma town of the day. Where they have a top ten player in the state of Oklahoma in the class of 2025. I don't know when the last time this has been the case. Elgin, Oklahoma. Had a good football team last year, and they got a top 10 player, uh, an offensive tackle out there at, at Elgin. Who might that be? The uh, the number 10 player in Rivals 2025, Oklahoma top 10, uh, Anthony Ogamoro, if I'm oh, pronouncing that correctly. Oh, yeah, so he just transferred in. He hasn't played high school football in Oklahoma yet. 6'5", 290. So he wasn't on last year's Elgin team. He'll no. be on this year's Elgin team. Yeah. Well, they still had a pretty good year uh, without him this past year. But, yeah, Elgin, the uh, small Oklahoma town of the day today. Don't forget to download our free app in the App Store. Just search KREF. Did I jinx Sports Illustrated two days ago, by the way? What did you say? Remember when I brought the uh, the Dion cover in? Said, hey, oh, I have a, man. when's the last time you saw a Sports Illustrated up close? I was like, it's been like eight years for me. And you're like, yeah, it's been a while. Yep, okay. We so talked about it two days ago, and then we, or I, jinxed it, and it's about to yeah, be no more. We're officially casting the blame on you. Print is dead, folks, and it's Tyler McComas' fault. My fault and Dion's fault. It's the Dion uh, cover curse, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone's tried to go there uh, with it yet, since he was sports person of the year. 
recently for Sports Illustrated. And that was it for Sports Illustrated. They really named Dion the Sports Person of the Year and dipped. He's going to be the last Sports Person of the Year for Sports Illustrated, more than likely, right? Right? Fitting. After a 4-8 and eight season at CU. What an honor for Dion. What an honor. Uh, today's bad news for Bama. We've been doing this all week long because there's been bad news every single day. Yeah. Uh, five-star quarterback. I think at least one service had him as the number one quarterback in the 24 class. Julian Sayan is saying, see ya! I'm out of here. And all the crystal balls now are for Ohio State. Yeah, Julian Sayan is good. Yeah, he is. He is good. And that was that, that was going hurts. to be that was going to be Bama's future at quarterback. Yes, uh, that I mean that right there is Kalen DeBoer pushing all his chips to the middle on Austin Mack, the guy that he just brought with him from Washington, who was a four star signee in the class of 2023, actually reclassified from the 2024 class to join Washington a year early. So he's got four years of eligibility left. He just redshirted. He's six foot six, a lot of arm talent, a lot to like with Austin Mack. But even so. Uh, you are really banking on Austin Mack being your savior because you do not just wave goodbye to a kid like Julian no. Sayan no, unless no, no, you no, have no. some very viable contingency plans that you are very confident in. That's uh, that that one hurts for Alabama. And as we uh, as we said last segment, that's now four former five stars, four uh, excuse me nine four stars and nine three stars currently in the portal at Bama. And, and maybe some of those guys will come back, but. Julian Sayan ain't coming back. Caden Proctor ain't coming back. Caleb, da- Caleb Downs isn't coming back. So it, it seems like the best players that have hopped in the portal for Alabama are going elsewhere, and a lot of those guys may be uh, ending up in the SEC somewhere. Tough break. It's not, it's not been a good week and a half for, uh, for those uh, Bama fans out there in the southeast and around the country. But again, I say it every day. Do I feel sorry for them? No. No, they've had this coming for 17 years. But Ohio State, is, is this kicking to start as a freshman? Is there a certain portal quarterback from Kansas State that should be a little bit worried about this potential ad? Oh, I forgot Will Howard landed there. It'll be interesting, man. I, I, I have to figure Will Howard ends up starting. But Ohio State, if they land saying they not only will have him – Behind Will Howard, but they've got Air Nolan, yeah. another four-star yeah. signing yep. in the 2024 class. They've got Lincoln Keenholz, and they've got Devin Brown. So they're five deep with scholarship quarterbacks and five pretty good ones at that point. And th- this is the thing. They're all pretty good, but four of them have never done anything at the collegiate level. And one of them in Will Howard was just kind of He's all right. le- he was leftovers in the portal at QB. You know I love the uh, rivals' fact or fictions that they always have on Uh the front page. How about this one today? Fact or fiction, they debated this one. Ohio State's returning players make the Buckeyes the favorite to win the national championship. Holy smokes. There was one fiction and there was one fact. Now, I would say fiction. I think it's Georgia at this point, but... Do you think Ryan Day, after, what, three straight losses to Michigan now, already with all the pressure, is like, calm down, stop, do not talk about us as favorites to win the national championship Who next said year. fact? Was it an Ohio State guy? Uh, the name was, his last name was Smith, so I, I don't know, if is there a, uh, Greg Smith is who Oh, Greg was. Smith, okay. Yeah, national okay. recruiting analyst for rivals, yeah. That's, okay, so Greg, Greg has no inherent bias. I mean, I, Greg, Greg's a great guy. I happen to disagree with him. On this particular subject, because no, I don't. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, Ohio State should be considered the favorite for the national title next year. 
uh, with how deep and how loaded the SEC is, I I find it tough to believe. And I know this year it was a Big Ten Pac-12 national championship, but I find it tough to believe that in next year's 12-team playoff that a team like Ohio State is going to be able to outlast not just one SEC team, if they, as they've had to in years yeah. past in the playoff field, but multiple SEC teams because there will be multiple SEC teams in that 12-team playoff field. And that's what you have to consider, and that's the reason why I am – exceedingly confident at this point Tyler and I I may have a different feeling once the season rolls around in September and we get a better look at what these teams have going for them throughout fall camp and stuff but I'm quite confident that the national champion next year comes out of the SEC because it is no longer a two-game sprint to the finish line for four teams that elevate themselves above the rest in the regular season no, you're going to have to win, what, at least three, potentially four games? Death is going to matter more than it ever has, I think, with this 12-team playoff. Well, and you're going to need to be battle-tested. Yeah. Because you're yep. not going to be able to win one or two games on a fluke and be able to ride that to a national championship. Not that that was like a regular occurrence in the 14 playoff era, but I guess what I'm saying is it's going to be more difficult for a team like the 2022 TCU Horn Frogs to get to the national championship in the oh, no, I agree. playoff. Era. No, I agree. I, like, yeah, the SEC wasn't in the title game last year. I don't think that that's about to be the norm. In fact, I think we could have a stretch of the next five to six years where an SEC team is back in the back in the national championship game with uh, with the current structure that we're in. Um, but yeah, not not good news for Bama today. Julian saying in the portal looks like he might end up at Ohio State. Zane says so. The top two programs have been Alabama and Georgia. We got out of the Georgia series and play Bama next year while Texas gets Georgia next year. I'll take it. Next year does feel like the year, and this could be a freezing cold takes retweet, <laughs> but it does feel like it's been the be- it's going to be the best year in quite some time to have Alabama on your schedule. And that's when OU has Alabama on their schedule this next year. Yeah, suddenly could be a freezing Crimson cold tide, take, but you know, suddenly the Crimson Tide coming to Norman doesn't seem like. It's still daunting because it's still Alabama, but Kalen DeBoer's Alabama is a far cry from Nick Saban's Alabama. Alabama will not be making the trek to Norman next year and have Sooner Nation shaking in their boots. I wouldn't think so, unless they knock off Georgia in their first SEC game and they now, go to Wisconsin before that and roll them. But yeah, yeah look, yeah. It, it, it's still Alabama, and that's still a coach that's literally won everywhere he's been and has not needed any time to do so. So I'm not one of those that's counting on Alabama's downfall, but objectively speaking, that matchup is far less intimidating now than it was two weeks ago. Back to Ohio State and at least one guy from Rivals saying, yeah, I think they could be the national championship frontrunner. Do you see who Ohio State is, uh, is going to be leaning on as their offensive coordinator next year? Ryan Day's got all this pressure next year. You see who the play caller's going to be? <laughs> oh, Bob himself, Bill oh, O'Brien. Bar- Barrett Salier tweeted out, I forget exactly how he worded it, but something to the effect of, Wow, Ryan Day really just hired Bill O'Brien on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Bill O'Brien with the Buckeyes next year. Ooh, Holy boy. smokes, okay. man. Like, 
you have more pressure on you than ever before as a head coach, and that's the guy that you're going to nominate as your play caller? Good luck. 405, did y'all just say Bama had three stars? Yeah, nine three stars are in the portal from Bama. Three-star you. Bama's the new three-star you. Or maybe they're not because they're losing them all to the portal at this point. Three stars can turn into good football pl- Three stars are humans too, okay? Yeah, Nick, Nick Saban <laughs> likes him some three stars too, folks. Nick Saban signs three stars every single year. Yes, he does. Hey, the uh, Polynesian Bowl is on tonight. David Stone is out there. Jaden Jackson is on there. I guess David Stone got um, a, a, a little bit of an ankle injury. But he bounced back for day three of practice, and Rivals had him as one of the top performers. It says the O-line and D-lines started to ramp up the intensity on day three. The Oklahoma-bound defensive lineman backed up his top ten ranking when given his opportunities. He showed a knack for getting into the backfield during some of the five-on-five work Wednesday and was dominant in almost every facet. So a slight tweaked ankle slowed him up a little bit. Sounds like David Stone is back, and he had a good Wednesday. And I, I, I don't know for sure if he's going to play in the game tonight after that tweaked ankle, but I believe that's on the NFL Network this evening if anybody wants to check that out. I'm sure he'll make a play or two. I'm stoked for him and Jaden Jackson to get back to Norman and start going through testing right now because that's what they're doing. They're yep. on to winter workouts, and they're doing testing for all the incoming freshmen right now. And the early word that I've been told in talking to a few folks that are close – to that whole situation is that some of those freshmen are really struggling with Schmitty, as you would expect. Yeah, enjoy but, the time in Honolulu, guys, before yeah. you get back here. But And that, this is why I bring up David Stone and Jaden Jackson, because if there's anything that can prepare you for Jerry Schmidt and everything that his workouts entail, well, IMG Academy is probably as close as you're going to get. Uh, someone from the 909 in California says Oregon is going to be good. Yeah, I, th- I think Oregon's going to be uh very good as as well. Oregon got a chance to be. See, I keep I almost said Pac-12. I I don't I don't know when I'm not going to look at Oregon as a Pac-12 school anymore. Maybe maybe that'll never happen. Just weird that they're going to be in the Big 10 next year hosting Ohio State. Wild. Great text from a 918 listener. Dang it, Tyler, all that praise you just heaped on Stone caused on 3 to drop him another star <laughs> probably. That wasn't me, that was Rivals. I was just reading what Rivals said. So I I, I dropped David Stone a, a star and I jinx Sports Illustrated all this week. Man, we can't, can't get here soon enough, right? 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More OU Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McCombus and Thune. Live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Four-star tight end targets from Washington, Oklahoma. Nate Roberts will be at Ohio State this weekend. He was fong to the Buckeyes earlier this week. He'll be at Ohio State this weekend. Supposed to be at Junior Day at OU coming up a week from tomorrow. And then at Oregon the weekend after that. And just so we're clear, and I know we talked about this two, three days ago, but there's no indication that Nate Roberts with OU and Oregon visits coming up is going to leave Columbus as an Ohio State commits, correct? That's not... It's not the plan. That is not the expectation, though. No. That would not be good. That would not be good. No, and I don't, it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Well, and with everything that Nate has said about how he wants to approach this process after his initial commitment to Notre Dame fell through in the matter of two months, yeah, I, I would fully expect that he takes all three visits and probably quite a bit of time after that 
to process down to his decision. It, it, it wouldn't shock me if this one drags on into the summer, maybe even the fall. I, I've talked to some folks that are like, that one probably goes down to signing day. Now, I don't know if I'd go that far, but the point remains, nothing suggests that a commitment from Nate Roberts to anyone is imminent. Yeah, and the way that things sit right now, like if it goes to October, November, like you said, some think it goes down to, to December, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it is a bad thing right now if it goes that late in the recruiting process because OU's advantage that they have over everyone else, his brother playing at OU, the longer that that's a thing while he's uncommitted, uh-huh. the more op- the more trips he takes to Norman. Like that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's a bad thing whatsoever. But I'm, I'm going to ask you about just random 2025 prospects that OU has offered. And okay. Here's a guy that we haven't talked about in a while. I believe he was at A&M this past weekend. Uh, Gus Cordova, the defensive end out of uh, Lake Travis in Austin. Scheduled to be at Oklahoma's Junior Day next weekend. Uh, he's, he's one of the first of, 25 prospects we talked about last year. He was very. He was a very, very early offer for OU. They were his second offer. I believe Baylor was his first. They offered him last July. He's an OU legacy. Uh, that is working in Oklahoma's favor. He's got a lot of offers right now, and I think the big question is, how hard does OU press for him relative to some of their other commits, or I'm not commits, but targets on the defensive line? Where does he project to? Is he a defensive end or a defensive tackle? Because I know some of the concern on the OU side is, is he going to be able to keep the weight on to play defensive tackle, which is where they would prefer him? And then also, okay, what's his timeline? How soon is he going to be willing to make a decision? Then Max Granville, I think, but was he at A&M this past weekend yes. as well out of Sugarland? Uh, another defensive end. Dude's got a Bama like offer, one. Georgia offer. That'd be a that'd be a nice get. I like him Four a star. lot. It is hard not to when you watch his tape. One of the most natural, fluid edge rushers in the entire class. And a guy that I believe probably ends up a top 150 player minimum in this cycle. I like OU's chances with Max Granville. They've got one edge commit in Alex Shield Knight. They're recruiting for two more spots. And so, again, I think a lot of it just comes down to timeline. Miguel Chavis is a guy that has always made a point to cast a wide net, right? Let's offer a bunch of guys. Let's prioritize a bunch of guys. Let's build solid relationships, and let's see who wants to jump in the boat first. Shield Knight did so back in November. Uh, How quickly is Granville ready to make his decision? That becomes the question. Staying in the state of Texas, what – Guess what, guys? OU has a uh, lot of targets in the state of Texas for this recruiting class, like every other year we've been alive. Landon Rink is another really good one out of Cypress, Texas. Another defensive end, 6'3", 255. Um, His offer list is impressive as well. LSU, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and there's some future cast already for him for Texas. So is is Texas the team to beat here for Landon Rink, and how how in is OU uh, in on Rink? OU actually has quite a good shot with Landon Rink. I I will be one of the last to believe that they get a commitment from him because we've been through this all before with Colton Vosick, right? It's very, very hard to pull a Texas legacy who is geographically much closer to the 40 acres than Norman away from the Longhorns. And so I am under the impression for now that Landon Rink does end up a horn, But he's been to OU many a time. He's been a regular visitor. He's a priority for Todd Bates. The Sooners are pushing the envelope in that recruitment. Time will tell. But, again, my 
My unofficial prediction for the moment is Texas. Now, we've talked a lot already about O-line recruitment in 2025 and how important it is. And when we talk about offensive line targets for OU in 2025, we tend to really lean the conversation on offensive linemen in the state of Texas. And rightfully so. There's some really good offensive linemen in Texas and ones that OU is in on as well. But Douglas Utu is a star, man. He's a top eight player nationally, according to rivals. He's at a Bishop Gorman in Vegas. So every time you hear Bishop Gorman, you think, well, OU's got DeMarco on staff. They could stand a chance there. Doesn't matter if he's not a running back. DeMarco Murray could have an impact. Going back to what, last October, last November, it felt like it was OU and USC initially for Doug Utu. Has that changed whatsoever, and where's OU in that race? I haven't heard a lot on the Douglas Utu front, I will be honest with you. And when I don't hear a lot with regard to a specific recruit, I'm generally not one to adopt an optimistic stance with regard to their chances with said recruit. And so I am, you know, I, I Doug Utu is not a guy that is on my short list of players that I am eyeing as potential additions for Oklahoma. Yeah, well, he, he could end up being the highest-ranked um, offensive lineman, certainly offensive tackle in this 2025 class. I think he's that yeah. good. And notice I say highest-ranked. We talk about this all the time. Dude goes to Bishop Gorman, one of the more well-known high schools across the country, and, and he's a good player on his own, but where you go to high school sometimes, yeah, can impact where, uh, where your final ranking is. Slim Brady, thanks for texting this in because I meant to get to it today, but I guess Reddy um, entered in the portal. He did, yes. Yeah, he got two years of eligibility remaining. And, and OU, how many kickers is OU adding? Or have, have they added this offseason, two? Well, they had five before... Yeah, they added two. They've got yeah, five total. Two. And so, yeah, look, Reddy, he wants to go kick somewhere. I can't fault him for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, you added two this offseason. Probably going to be tough for Reddy. But maybe he can still keep selling the Horns Down merch that he has. I hope so, man. Rodney Terry's not going to be buying it. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Rodney Terry. Did you, see what, what hilarious. Uh, did you see what Kelvin Sampson said about that today, yes. by the way? Yes. In case you missed it, uh, Kelvin Sampson, former OU men's basketball coach now at Houston, quote, University of Texas has OU sucks in their fight song, for God's sake. I think OU is the one that started horns down. Then he went on to say some things like, uh, yeah, genuinely, if people are doing that to you, then you're pretty well respected. It means you had a good program, but yeah. I, I like the front part of that quote. University of Texas has OU sucks in their fight song, for God's sake. I think OU is the one that started horns down. Nice job, Kelvin. 405-651-3439 is the text line. More of your text, more Portal and Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones, they sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road, and they have half-price oil changes on Saturdays. Go check them out tomorrow in El Reno. Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC. From the 918 on the text line, says, Frustration with Bama Exodus for one reason. Georgia finally had a tough SEC schedule, and now Bama might be a shell of past teams. Georgia does have to go to Alabama, to Tuscaloosa, in their first SEC game this year, which can still be a tough game. Yeah, well, I, 
Georgia. A- unless I'm just missing something here, I am curious to know, and I'm addressing that particular listener here, why does it matter to you how good Alabama and Georgia are relative to one another? Is there any particular reason, or you just don't like Georgia? Probably tired of seeing a Georgia win as much as, as they are right now. <laughs> if if we're already to the point of Georgia fatigue, man, I don't know how we survived a decade-plus yeah. of Alabama dominance. Now, 10-2 and two Georgia next year versus 12-0 and 0 Georgia next year. 12-0 and 0 Georgia gets a first-round bye. They're, they're in the best situation possible. I guess it technically would be 13-0, whatever. But an undefeated Georgia in the playoff is the number one overall seed, first round by, is in the best situation in the playoff. But that's the thing, man. Like ten and two Georgia now, or eleven and two Georgia, that team still makes the playoff and has a chance exactly. to win a national championship now. Yeah. You know, Georgia is going to be in the twelve team field next year, unless the wheels just come off completely, and I don't think they will. Like it, it's a matter of where Georgia will be seated. That's pretty much it. Like how good Alabama is is going to have very little impact on where Georgia ends up at the end of the year because that is the best returning group in college football. By the way, speaking of uh, SEC games, we had an interesting text on the rush a few days ago. Someone texted in and said, hey guys, if you could guarantee one win for OU in 2024, which game would it be? One game on the schedule next year, you can say, all right, I'm going to mark that as an automatic win on the schedule. Now, there was, a, there was a game, there was a team that got about 90% of the votes. Who do you, which game do you think that was? And mind you, this happened three days ago, not three weeks ago. Who do you think the text line most said, yeah, I'll guarantee a win here? Mizzou? No. Oh. <laughs> Texas. I was figuring. Texas. The thought is it's still the most important game on the schedule. Yeah. Texas still really matters. Like, just mark a win against Texas and move on with the with the rest of the Man, schedule. I was going for the more uh, creative angle there, but no, <laughs> I don't think sense. anyone wants to give. The, I still don't think anyone wants to give them that much credit just yet or or well, ever. But let me let me phrase it this way though: like in twenty twenty four, would you rather lose to Texas or would you rather lose to Mizzou? That I think you would get, if you phrase it that way. It's an awful thought. God, you probably get no a right good deal of dissension amongst the text line and amongst the fans. Well, which would be a uh, worse walk to the car? Walking uh, through the State Fair of Texas after losing to the Horn or walking back in that godforsaken town of Columbia, Missouri where they put dorky tiger tails uh, like in the trunk of their car while they're driving? Oh, no. Yeah, which would be a worse uh, walk back to the car? That's so dumb. Probably Missouri. Like, there's really not even a more clever, creative word. That's just dumb. Tiger tails? <laughs> Are we serious? Yeah, I uh, yeah, that's 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 how they that's how they roll. And I guess we'll see if Auburn or uh, LSU does the same. A lot of uh, tigers on road games yeah, for next real, year man. for for OU. Tigers all over the SEC. Four hundred five says Texas. Sooner Soldier says LSU. Oklahoma Johnny and Blacktop Billy says Missouri and Misery. I'm sure someone will say Midzoo. Just yeah, you, don't lose to Midzoo next year. That's a loss that's just – it's going to feel terrible. It's going to feel awful. Can't log on to social media for several days after that. Again, obviously Texas is the one team every single year that you want to beat more so than anybody else. But if you phrase it the opposite way where it's not as much about winning but about not losing, 
I feel like Sooner fans would have a harder time, maybe not all Sooner fans, but I feel like a good portion of Sooner fans would have a more difficult time in 2024 if they had to stomach a loss to Missouri than a loss to Texas. There's a lot of potential uh, interesting storylines with OU Texas next year, like every year. But the, like, what do you think the national perception is right now with Steve Sarkeesian? Really good coach, right? Doing a really good job. Yeah. One of the best 10, 15 coaches. If he loses to OU next year, you know he's 1-3 in, in that game? 1-3, yeah. that's right. Ooh, here's an even better way of phrasing my original question. Who would you rather have lighting up a victory stogie in the locker room after the game when they beat you? Steve Sarkeesian or Eli Drinkwitz? Oh, my gosh. Eli would look like such a dork. <laughs> Not that I'm a cigar expert, but that one would hurt. Uh, good point, recruiting boomer. Better not lose to Maine. <laughs> I do agree with that one. 918 losing to mid-poo would be atrocious. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be atrocious, all right. By the way, I was uh, looking at the portal rankings. just the, Not the players, but the teams. Yeah. And I guess it should have been too big of a surprise because they were decimated in the portal. A&M has 23 portal commits right now. 23 portal commits. They essentially have an entire recruiting class of portal players that they have committed. And again, they, they kind of had to do that for, for numbers' sake. But dang, man. A&M's got the number one portal class right now. Basically because they've just taken so many so many players, so 23 players, and maybe they're not even done yet. And what's funny is they got all those guys the exact same way that they got their legendary 2022 class. So until the philosophy changes, I don't know that the results will. That'll do it for Locked In, The Rush. Coming up next right here on The Ref.